This is Linux Unplugged, episode 45, for June 17th, 2014. Unplugged, your weekly Linux talk show that's raised from the ashes stronger and more in debt than ever before. My name is Chris. And my name is Matt. Hey, Matt. Oh, okay, so I'm going to be clear with you. It's going to be an express edition this week because I've been here since about 6 a.m. And I was oh, here boy. until about 10.30 last night. <laughs> we had yeah. some hardware death, death, Matt. Like, you know, there's like, there's when hardware dies and there's when hardware has deathed. And I have hardware death where it's like I came into the room. I heard some clicking. Actually, kind of. Oh no! It kind of actually did go down like that. It happened during Coda Radio yesterday. I'm sitting here. See, we have a mixer. It's all controlled by software, and has a. It doesn't even have physical switches. It doesn't even have physical like uh, like uh, you know uh, pots as they call them, where you can pull up or pull down a pot, you know, to make somebody louder or quieter. None of that. No sliders, Matt. It's slider free. It's all controlled by software. Well, guess what happens when the hard drive in the machine that controls it by software starts to die? You don't have oh, access wow. to the mixer anymore. Uh, so we won't have our mumble room with us today because I actually just got it working uh, like an hour and a half before the show. I, t- I texted Matt. I'm like, uh, Matt, I think we're going to have to reschedule the show today. And then like last thing I try, like I was like while I was texting Matt, then I'm like, well, I'm going to try one more thing. This is not going to fix it. And of course, it fixed it. <laughs> so Problem solved, right? we, we made it just in time for the show. So that's good, uh, which is nice because I got I got something kind of fun uh, to talk about. I, I've I've um, recently had the opportunity to take uh, Android, Ubuntu Touch, and Firefox OS, slap them all on my Android phone. And I'm going to tell you how Rika did it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's that, really yeah, cool. Sounds like, a, sounds like a software sandwich. I'm triple booting. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm triple booting and the latest Android, Firefox OS, and Ubuntu Touch. I wish uh, we were on the mumble room because I know Fate and a couple others in the mumble room are doing this. So maybe after the show, we'll do some post-show troubleshooting and see uh, what they're able to do. So uh, today it's it's only a partial show because we wanted to be able to get up. We were here, but uh, it's going to be abbreviated. So why don't we start uh, with the feedback so that way we can get that covered because we've got some good ones. Uh, Nick wrote in, we talked last week about um, the whole Alienware going with a Windows box. Oh, uh, yes. Remember that? I, 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 I still can't get over it. It's like a bad nightmare. I keep thinking I'm going to wake up and it's all going to be gone. Yeah, so to recap for those of you who didn't catch last week's episode of Linux Unplugged, um, at E3 last week, Alienware announced they'd be shipping not a Steam OS box, but a Steam machine. The Steam machine is going to run, you guessed it, Windows. So uh, we won't uh, we won't know exactly what it's what their what their offering is going to be, you know, what until it hits the market. But uh, we had some heavy thoughts. We had some we had some we had some frustrations. I would say. And uh, we talked about them last week on the show. And Nick, Nick, I thought, came in with a pretty good response because uh, we, we definitely took a hard line response. And Nick, you know, he's a he's he's more rational than we are. It says in Linux uh, Unplugged episode 44, there was a debate over Alienware and it betraying Linux. In my opinion, Alienware made the right move. Although Linux is gaining developer support for games, Windows is developer support that currently far outreaches Linux. 
Even when running SteamOS, a gamer would be limited on the selection of content that was available to him or her. The move to Windows allows Alienware to push out a console that allows gamers access to the array of content available for Windows while having a better UI that circumnavigates the horror that is Windows Metro. Don't get me wrong. I love Linux, but Windows is still the OS of choice for gaming. Gaming on Linux has a long way to go. But if we're going, if we're going to be seen squabbling about why gaming-related uh, companies are stupid instead of asking the question of how to bring games to Linux, we will not be taken seriously by developers that may be looking at Linux as a viable platform. He says, uh, by the way, many popular games such as Battlefield run their own independent clients and services that have yet to be coded for Linux. These games would still be accessible for those using that Alienware Windows box. Hopefully, these developers will begin developing content for Linux, but we'll have to wait and see. He makes a good point about like things like uh, Battlefield, who have their own like networking clients and all that stuff. They're just not even available. The back end for that's not even available for Linux. Well, this is true, and it goes back to what I was saying last week, and that at the end of the day, it, it comes down to titles. You know, which which platform has the most titles? And I and I, I guess Alienware was looking at that fairly practically and saying, okay, look. Um, while I personally think it sucks and it makes me mad and it doesn't shock me that the Dell slash Alienware guys would do this, I, you know, having a chance to kind of noodle it over, I do feel like that that's the decision that was made. That being said, I still don't agree with it. Yeah. And, uh, I like, I'm with, I'm kind of with Riley and the chairman. It's like, well, then why not just wait, just wait till SteamOS was ready for that point? Because it seems like this is a failed product already. Like we've seen this product bail. And you're just shipping something that's already not worked and you're going to sort of I, – I hope they don't draw conclusions about what SteamOS itself would do in a marketplace, I guess. That's my uh, Alienware may and good for them. Fail. Go you away. Know what? Yeah, we maybe that's right. You know, Let them get out of here. Get it out of here, right, yeah. Matt? That's, that's probably a good exactly. point because after all, I think Alienware is – I think it's wasted effort. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, because because we have a, a long email to get to, I want to take a moment right here and I want to stop and thank Ting. Go over to linux.ting.com. They're one of our sponsors for the Linux Unplugged show. And it's mobile that makes sense. My mobile service provider and Matt's mobile service provider, too. In fact, uh, I was just talking with uh, Matt at the beginning of the show about uh, my Nexus 5. And Matt's got the note, too. Now, Matt, yes. you know, you might want to consider. I mean, I'm just going to throw this out there, but you might want to consider. Okay. Uh, I think, oh, I don't actually know. Oh, you know what? I think this trick I did is limited to the Nexus devices. But uh, I am doing, I, I, so I made my first call today on Ubuntu Touch on Ting. How about that? Now tell me that's not mobile that makes sense, right? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, this is what's great about Ting is it's, it's a flat $6 a month. And then it's just your usage on top of that. And that's how they bill you. They'll just take your messages, your minutes, and your megabytes. They'll add them up at the end of the month. Whatever bucket you fall into, that's what you pay. There's no contract. There's no early termination fee. And you own your device outright, which I think is really great. Plus, every plan comes with caller ID, tethering, hotspot, three-way calling, call forwarding, and all the other features you'd expect. And it's just your usage. There's no ETF because there's no contract, which is awesome. So you feel like you have the freedom to move if you need to. They have a great dashboard. But the other thing I think is really unique about Ting is their customer service. They have a no-hold customer service. And they just did a video about how they actually scale that. And I'll play that for this for the audience out there. James M. asks, one question. How do you do it? I've had to call you once and got a live person on the first ring who was cheerful and solved my problem. I emailed another time and got an answer in about 15 minutes. Are you a real company? Could you teach Comcast? Well, I, I don't know if we could teach Comcast, but we're definitely a real company. Um, we decided a long time ago that uh, it was just important to treat our customers the same way that we like to be treated when we call. And nobody likes being put on hold. Nobody likes waiting 
two, three days to get a response to their email. And it certainly happens. You know, we're not, uh, we're not perfect. But we really keep an eye on how many calls we're getting and how many emails we're getting and how many new customers we're signing up. And then do everything that it takes to make sure we've got enough staff here that are you know, happy and properly trained and motivated in the right direction to make sure that they can perform up to those levels. Go to linux.ting.com to take $25 off your first device. If you've got a device that's compatible with Ting, good news. They'll give you a $25 credit. And if you're like me, that'll last more than your first month of Ting service. It really is something when you switch over to Ting. And you can go find their savings calculator over at linux.ting.com and see how much you would save. Put in your actual usage and see what it shake out to be. Also, check out some of their devices. They've got MiFi only devices. That's a $6 hotspot. You get that hotspot and it's just your usage. And if you, if you don't use it very much, then you don't pay very much. If you use it a lot, you pay appropriately. And it makes sense. Linux.ting.com. And a big thanks to Ting for sponsoring Linux Unplugged. I, uh, I made so I did make that first phone call on Ubuntu Touch on Ting. And uh, it's a little beta because two things happen. Um, of oh. course, now I'm, I'm, I'm ribbing Ubuntu Touch and we can't get in mumble for Popey to defend it. Uh, so I made the call and it, it worked flawlessly to make the call sure. and I, like it was nice because I didn't really have to hardly set up anything. Um, but then the, 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 the problem was is when I hung up the other end, the Ubuntu touch end never recognized the hang up and then like just blew through like half my battery in about two minutes. <laughs> wow. So well, as you pointed out, you know, I'll, I'll play Popey's part here, you know, to defend it, I would say it's beta. Yeah. It's early days. It's, it's like, know, it's like a recent build too. Through. Yeah. It's a super sure. recent build too. Uh, but hey, it works. I, I'm I'm running Ubuntu Touch and Firefox OS on the Nexus Five. It's living the dream, man. I'm living the dream. All right, Russell writes in about high DPI support under Linux, and this is a topic that we've been tracking because I I'm I fancy myself once once the monitors come down to a reasonable price level, I fancy myself running the GNOME desktop on a high DPI display. So he says, hey, Linux support for high DPI screens has been brought up here and there lately. So I thought I'd chime in with my experiences. I bought a 4K monitor a month ago and tried several different desktop environments with it. And the winner by far is Unity. How about that? He says, I was an Arch user on GNOME. I got my monitor around the same time 3.12 hit the repos. I heard 3.12 had high DPI support, but apparently that wasn't in the binaries in the repo. And I would have to recompile Cairo and GTK. And I didn't want to get into that for something that should have just worked. GNOME was bad. KDE was bad. XFCE was better, but anything lower than that required too much configuration, often on a per-application basis. I tried Ubuntu 14.04, and it looked really good. It has GUIs for setting up the window and font scaling, and everything looks as it should. I'm sure high DPI support will be more of a, of a priority for desktop environments and distributions as time goes along. But right now, it looks like Ubuntu is the clear winner. Also, with a GTX 770 graphics card on Ubuntu, I'm playing Dota 2 on max settings at 3,840 by 2,160 at 80 frames per second. That's pretty cool. Keep up the good work, Russell. Holy crap. That is an insane resolution. 3,840 by 2,160 really at 80 frames per second. Okay. Yeah, that works. I want I want a four. He got a four K monitor. He must have. He must have dropped a pretty penny on that because I think like even the cheap ones are like around two grand right now. Still, I remember well, when LCDs were asking, and I'm a little fuddy though. Uh oh. What's the, what's the you know? It's hey like, guys, I, like HD. I do. HD's nice. It's great. Can you visually with human eyeballs really notice a difference? 
and the value of this is negative. Yeah, I, I think you can actually, but just I mean, barely. I, wear and I don't know. I I mean, I I, yeah. uh, I think you barely can, and I don't think it's worth that kind of money. I think it's like it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, oh man, that text is looks particularly good, and yeah. that's kind of it. Like it, you know. I mean, it's it's not like when you went from VHS to DVD. It's not that kind of jump. It's like when you went DVD to Blu-ray. Like, and sometimes you're like, okay, it, it does look better, but it doesn't look that much better, especially if you have a great DVD player oh, okay. and a good TV, right? And I think it's kind of the same yeah. thing. Like, I have a mono-price uh, Korean display that's uh, it's got a high res. It's like a 2K resolution. And mm-hmm. It looks all right. You know, it looks pretty good. But I don't know, Matt. It's coming. It's coming. I, I just yeah, remember when right. just LCD screens were $2,000. Oh yeah, no kidding. Well, I've still got a plasma set. That's my main TV. We have a LED TV in the bedroom, but our our main set's a plasma, and yeah, I'm happy as a clam with it. Yeah. Um. You know, I I don't know. It's like one of those things where it's like I would probably if I got myself if I sat in front of it and actually had a side by side, then I might be sold. But I'm just yeah. not there yet. And yeah. then again, I'll probably wait till the prices drop. So yeah, I feel like the prices need to come down for 4K. I feel like the Linux desktop applications and environment sounds like they still have some work to do. And I also want something that's like you know, 22 inches or 27 inches. I don't want like a 15 inch high DPI display. I want like a big, big screen that, you know, is going to look awesome. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe heck if that's, if that's a year away, I mean, I'll definitely jump when it's, you know, in the few hundred dollar range. I think that's when, when I'm going to pull the trigger when it's like 380 bucks for a really, you know, like a well-respected brand or something like that, that people are talking all about. Then I'm like, okay, I'll jump onto that. Exactly. All right. Our next email comes in from Dave, a.k.a. Skullplate in the IRC and in the subreddits. He says, uh, I've been playing with the DigitalOcean server for a while and finally decided to put it to work. A short while later, I got my own Debian cloud server, own cloud Debian server up and running with fail to ban LogWatch. And I also disabled root login and many other tips. I've picked up listening to the great Jupiter Broadcasting Podcast. Oh, thanks. And reading the JB subreddits. He says, most impressive is the performance. I'm getting the syncing of folders to my DigitalOcean server easily 10 times faster than Dropbox. So I just want to say a big thanks to Chris and Matt and the JB community and even Alan too. It was really easy considering a year ago, I didn't even really know how, how or how to use Linux at all. <laughs> thanks again, Dave, <laughs> aka Skullplate. Nice. Yeah, you know what? Go over to DigitalOcean.com. Use our promo code SNAP. Or I'm sorry, unplugged June, not Snap. I was thinking of TechSnap because Alan unplugged June for DigitalOcean. That'll give you a ten dollar credit. You can try out their five dollar rig for two months, or you can go hourly, and that ten dollar credit will get you quite a ways. Are you not familiar with DigitalOcean? Let me tell you about it. DigitalOcean is a simple cloud hosting provider dedicated to offering the most intuitive and easy way to spin up a cloud server. And I got to tell you, they've nailed it. Users can create a cloud server in about fifty five seconds, and pricing plans start at only five dollars a month for five hundred twelve megabytes of RAM, a twenty gigabyte SSD one CPU, and a terabyte of transfer. That's all you, for $5. You know exactly what you're going to get for $5. And DigitalOcean has data center locations in New York, San Francisco, Singapore, and Amsterdam. Their interface is amazing. Their control panel is intuitive. And power users can replicate that control panel with their straightforward API, son. Get in there and replicate that, won't you? They have a straightforward API, and people call it beautiful. A beautiful API. DigitalOcean.com. Use the promo code Unplugged June. Go over there and get yourself a droplet. I've been hearing from folks that use it for an IRC server. An own cloud server seems to be very popular. And recently, more and more folks are jumping on DigitalOcean to deploy GitLab. 
Now, DigitalOcean is sitting on top of KVM. They have a droplet system that lets you manage your, your instances. You can back them up, replicate them, move them between data centers, manage your DNS, access the console via their HTML5 console written in Go, select your data center anywhere in the world, then choose your distribution, the architecture of that distribution, and then deploy. And you can do it all in about 55 seconds, and you can be up and running. And with our promo code UnplugJune, you can try it out for two months for absolutely free. Go get yourself an SSD-powered server connected to Tier 1 bandwidth, partner with the amazing hardware providers that DigitalOcean has chosen over at DigitalOcean.com. Use the promo code UnplugJune. And a big thanks to DigitalOcean for sponsoring Linux Unplugged. Yeah, Unplugged. Uh, you, you know, here recently, I've been doing this whole WordPress thing with them, right? Because I've, yeah. I've already got a, uh, yeah. a, a BitTorrent Sync set up with them. So I set up another instance because I wanted to try the WordPress thing. Oh, my gosh. It's stupid simple to do. Yeah, it's awesome. I couldn't it? get I couldn't get it. It's like, why the hell yeah. is everybody else doing this so with so much more difficulty? This is great. And you know what I would always just keep in mind Who is – Zombies don't run Linux. So you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about zombies. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So I want to tell you, just before we wrap up the Express edition of Linux Unplugged, I want to tell you about this wizardry that uh, Rekai pulled on my Nexus 5. So I've been having some, I'm trying not to hate on Android, Matt, but I'm, I just keep having these problems that are just driving me crazy. And so Rekai just kind of jokingly said, well, why don't you try it? Or actually, I think it was Marissa in the chat room. And Rekai was like, yeah, do that. Uh, why don't you just try out Firefox OS for a couple of days, Chris, and see what you think? And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, well, if you can put it on my Nexus 5, I'll take the Firefox OS challenge. Ah, oh, well, then guess what? <laughs> guess what happened? He put Firefox OS <laughs> in my Nexus 5. Oh, my. Uh, our, our buddy Jordan has, uh, has a guide on, on, on the XDA forums on one way you can do it. I'll have links in the uh, show notes, too, so if you guys want to uh, follow along. It, check this out, Matt. Now, it does require that you root the device, but on the Nexus 5, this isn't like, that's not like a crazy process. Uh, and then once you've rooted the device, you can go out and get uh, a piece of software that's like a – it's not called ROM Manager anymore. I have a link to it in the show notes. Uh, let me see. I'll see if I can pull it up for you. Multi-ROM. That's what it's called. It's called Multi-ROM. Okay. This is an app that you install from the Play Store once you've rooted your device. And I'll have a link to the Play Store uh, in the show notes. Once you've rooted your device, you, uh, you install this Multi-ROM. And it essentially is a multi-boot menu. So when I power on now my Nexus 5 – if I tap the screen, otherwise it just boots right into Android. But if I tap the screen when a little prompt comes up, I get a very nice GUI bootloader where it says, okay, do you want to load Ubuntu Touch? Do you want to load Firefox OS? Or do you want to load Android? And then whichever I choose, that's, that's, the, that's the OS it boots right into, and it rocks. It's full native. It's like, it's, it's like when you partition a PC and you install multiple operating systems and then load a bootloader. It's not running under emulation. It's not running under Android. It's truly Ubuntu Touch and truly Firefox OS on the machine, on the Nexus 5. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. It's a good way to play with these things. And I think the Nexus 5 is going to make like, you know, a killer rig to have because uh, you, have the, you have things like, uh, like, like this multi-ROM, which right now only supports the Nexus 5, 4, and 7 series, 2012 and 2013 Nexus 7. And uh, now I, the chat room is asking about space. I have a 32 gigabyte Nexus 5. So I think maybe I've got a little more room to play with than like if you had a 16. Yeah, just, just yeah, touch. yeah, but it's pretty good now. I'll tell you, <laughs> I don't know if I could live in any either one of them. That's why I really like that Android's still there. Yeah, you sure. have to wipe the phone too because when you root it and set this up, it wipes all of them, and then you know you do a recovery and reload Android, and you have to set it all up. So you know it means reconfiguring all my damn apps and all that uh, stuff. Yeah. yeah, but what well, you do it once, and then you have the triple boot forever, which is kind of cool. 
Well, here's the ten thousand dollar question. So we've we've got the whole. You know, obviously, there's probably some sort of a battery bug, or maybe it's not uh, fully optimized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ubuntu OS yeah. for the phone, and that's fine. Yeah. But for Firefox OS, what was your feelings on that? Because that that has me curious, especially on the lower spec phones. Yeah, man, Firefox OS. Uh, it. It's funny in some ways how much is like Android in in like the note the way you pull down the notification tray and there's all your notifications and um, the way the icons kind of look and stuff and it's got it's got some funky stuff too about it like the bottom row has like a home button but it's not a home icon it's a it's a worldwide web web browser generic oh. icon and you push that and it takes you back to the home page um, I was I was hoping it would perform better on the Nexus Five. Mm-hmm. Because I've played with it on lower end hardware, and I kind of assumed perhaps the performance was because it was on low end hardware, and I thought, right. and and I think that was part of it, uh, but it also I think is maybe it's just not totally optimized for my device. Like the camera doesn't work under Firefox OS, um, and it doesn't detect uh, my that SIM might card. Be it. Yeah, so it could be a driver problem. So I wasn't. I wasn't quite as enamored with it as I was expecting, but I think maybe if we keep updating it and keep tracking it. Um, honestly between the two ubuntu touch seems like it's in a better state on the nexus 5 and that's not great like it crashed on me right it it drained on my battery uh so they're both a little ways off but it's fun to play with and uh interesting i don't know maybe i'll do a video on it in the future if people are interested let me know guys uh on the uh, linux action show subreddit linuxactionshow.reddit.com we'll have a thread for this week's episode of linux unplugged uh, let me know if you guys are interested in getting more coverage i don't i don't really have a good sense if you guys care about this kind of stuff but i know we have talked a lot about firefox os talked obviously a lot about ubuntu touch so it's kind of neat to have one device i can carry with me and uh play with those right now so i think that'll help so i I really appreciate like oh here's here's some screenshots of the multi-boot for those of you watching the video version so when you boot up the uh, phone this is the interface you get it says auto boot uh but you touch anywhere on the screen to interrupt the auto boot and then when you do that you can choose your distro or i'm sorry i guess rom that you want to boot and you can see in this case like you could load tizen on there uh, you could even load different uh, like Cyanogen mod and different Android ROMs on there too. So it could also be a way to play with different Android ROMs. It doesn't have to be radically different operating systems. It's pretty neat, and I, I think it's another reason to get the Nexus Five too, because people are, you know, able to write that kind of stuff for it. They're cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. All right. So uh, before we run, uh, if you uh, since we're doing Express Edition, so that way I can uh, wrap up here and tear apart the audio and try to get things like the mumble room working. And a couple other problems that uh, we've currently band-aided over so that way we can get on air. But if you're like, hey, Chris, not enough show. Not enough show, brah. Well, then here's what I have for you, brah. Go over to jupiterbroadcasting.com and check out Tech Talk today. Episode 10 came out. Matt, you're, do you remember uh, an old piece of software called uh, Pointcast from like the yes, late 90s? That- very vaguely, but yes, the, the, the push that. technology that was going to change the web because the web was too hard yeah. to use and... And, you know, the web was too slow to download multimedia, so you had to do it in batch processing. Well, because we were having so many problems this morning, I did a retro tech edition of Tech Talk today. And we looked back at PointCast and the technology that almost shaped the future of the Internet, but then petered out. And those who bet big and lost, we covered that on Tech Talk today. And of course, of course, go check out the first two episodes of How to Linux, getting that off the ground right now. We'll have more information on that show very soon as well. So two shows you can go check out right now if it's not enough show. And I'm sorry that we did have to cut it short, but we do have these problems. I want to get fixed so that way. By the time it's like, you know, getting towards TechSnap and Linux Action Show, we hopefully will have everything all ironed out. So, all right, Matt. Well, heck, guess what? That's it right there. We're going to wrap it up. We're all done. That was a quick and easy one, huh? 
Quick and easy. Yeah, I thought I thought maybe I thought maybe we'd have to bail and do it on Thursday, but I think I think this worked out okay. This is this, this worked is out great. quite nicely. Now, uh, I do want to encourage all of you to join us on Sunday over jblive.tv at 10 a.m. Pacific for the Linux Action Show. You can go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to get all of our live show times. And don't forget, when you join us live, you get to bang suggests. So chat room, last chance to get your title suggestions in there. All right, Matt, well, have a great week. I'll see you on Sunday, okay? You too. See you then. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of Linux Unplugged. See you right back here next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.